Welcome to The Breadwinners. We're back for season five and taking your questions about work, life, and everything in between. I'm Jennifer Owens. I served as editorial director of Working Mother Media and founded the Working Mother Research Institute. And I'm Rahel Ellison. I'm an executive coach and management consultant who works with companies big and small to design workplace policies that work for all employees. There's nothing we like more than talking about work-life strategies, but we know that in the real world, such questions can be very personal and a little prickly. In this season of The Breadwinners, we tackle them all. Raquel, hello! Oh, hello! (laughs) How's it going? Uh, It's going fine. It's, you know, stressful times. How about yourself? Yep. (laughs) Yep. That's just it. I think everyone listening just knows what that all is. That yep. Exactly. Well, so today's question has got me uh, riled up in the best of ways. And I'm just wondering if you have a riability factor that you're working with today? <laughs> I will. I will dig for it. The, okay. The riability. We are going to. We're going to like, you know, uh, do some stretches, some lunges, and we are going to get riled up. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. We have this wonderful question from one of our awesome breadwinners. Here it goes. I recently listened to a woman speaking about the lack of executive promotion for her gender. She said men she talked to said one problem they had with women was that women would cry if men brought anything critical up. This was described as a hard to solve problem by the woman speaking. This made me angry for several reasons. What are your thoughts about a statement like this? I would love to hear you guys unpack this. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) So basically, this writer heard our our listener heard someone speaking about how uh, the disadvantages that she felt in the workforce as a member of her gender and that what she'd heard from men was from men. Yeah. That anytime something critical was said to someone of her gender, that there were tears. Is that basically what we're? Yeah. Yep. Like you can't say critical things to women because they cry. And thus the other half of that is we can't promote them. Yeah. And thus they cannot be promoted. You know, this is akin to um, we couldn't have Hillary Clinton in the presidency because, you know, what if she was on her cycle and she was all hormonal? Do you remember that whole the whole goofy thing? Yeah. It's like yeah. from people who had never heard of menopause, but okay. <laughs> right. All right. I mean, what's so interesting to me, like there's so many different ways we can come, like come at this, right? So one is like, holy good God. Like, really? <laughs> Like, oh, they cry. Like, are we, what year is this? What is happening? Oh, I mean, mean, did you immediately think of uh, Mike Pence? You know, remember that he could never be in a room with a woman alone? Remember that whole weird thing? I don't know. He was too weird for me. (laughs) (laughs) You weren't listening? I'll let you know. That's one of the things he said. (laughs) I think that what is... There's an article that was in the Harvard Business Review in January, and it was talking about super bias. I have to like Ooh. come up with what it was talking about. It was kind of like 
like basically making generalizations about people based on their gender, based on their race, based on attributing certain characteristics, you know, individual characteristics to all of the people who belong to a certain category. And, and just talking about how it's a great article. We'll, we'll share it. We'll put a link in the, in the notes, but you know, it's really about, I think we, we have to do a better job at recognizing, you know, there are going to be individuals who cry and in response to things, and there are going to be individuals who don't. And the gender is, you know, I, I think there, there may be some patterns that suggest that, you know, folks of certain genders or certain race, like that, that there might be some consistency there. Right. That, Boys have been told never to cry. You know, there's no crying in baseball, all that sort of crap. Right. So thus, you become adults and you've got more guys trying not to cry and women feeling a little freer to cry, I guess. Yeah. Right. And I mean, and I think I've heard, you know, specifically the article talks about diversity, inclusion and belonging in in the new world of work and, you know, that there, there are certain patterns of behavior that are more accepted for certain for white women like white you know right we are micro we're analyzing everyone's individual choices and trying to attribute them to a greater to a greater system when Mm. what we really need to be doing is acknowledging that we are bringing different parts of ourselves into the workplace and we're all making those individual choices about how to do that that reflect us in particular. And they don't speak to every aspect of our social identity. We need to be more accepting of one another and what we're bringing to the table. Right. Well, and then there's the idea of coming at it from, you know, this makes me also think about all that chatter during the height of the Me Too movement when it first exploded onto the scene of like, you know, And of course, a lot of this continues to this day, but there was all this chatter that men were afraid to mentor women because they'd be accused of sexual harassment. You know, they they were making themselves targets for this. So I kind of feel this is like same side, same coin of like women be scary, you know, like, (laughs) so you know, though I, I, and I have to note here that my partner, my spouse, Brett says, um, you know, the, um, the best way not to be accused of sexual harassment, don't harass women. <laughs> but you know what these men saying, it's not me. It's, you know, that it's perception and that, you know, I'll be perceived as that. So I think this like men saying, and, but this is a variation on a theme because this is then, this is carrying it to, we would promote women but they cry if we bring up, you know, they're not tough enough. I mean, is that, that's what the crying is like. They can't handle tough feedback. I mean, Oh my Lord, like be a woman in today or the entire history of being women and like being tough enough to show up and try to support your family and not get harassed at work and try to navigate all the fun that comes with working with men and all that sort of jazz. But yeah, we're not tough enough. Yeah, you know, that's why I keep saying, like, what decade is this from? Yeah. Like, they said it recently. Was this 10 years ago? Yeah. Like, 
I've worked. Let's assume for- it's recent because I think this stuff still is very, very spot on. No, still. I, I hear that. And I, I understand. And I mean, I'm riled up, Raquel. <laughs> I know you are. I know you are, as you should be. I mean, I think there's, I, th- I think what, what might be, you know, I always kind of look for the why. And I think yeah. that right now, because I do feel that, yes, it's a consistent feeling that's been going on for a while. I also think it's a bit of a regression, right? I, mm. I think that we've moved past this in a lot of spaces. There has been a move past this. And what I think, what I think might be happening a little bit is a regression because we have broken so many boundaries and norms about what work looks like yeah. that it's like, can we just go back to the time where like these like women were crying and like, we just did, we couldn't promote them. And we didn't, we, we didn't promote them. Yeah. But because, you know, I think I've been doing a lot of thinking about it. Um, we had that episode last season where we talked about Rosie the Riveter and we talked yeah. about what happened after World War II and just this kind of reverse, like all of a sudden there were ads about easy bake ovens and all of the things that that women should be doing, right? And I I do think that we've gone through similar to World War II where we had this, you know, this, this real shift to some of the structures of how work works for different people of different backgrounds and genders and we sort of reverted backwards. And I think we have just gone through a similar shift in how everything works. And I think that there is a, like, even subconscious push from some folks to be like, let's just go back to like, the Mad Men days when like people like the women were just too emotional. And like, I'm worried about them getting their periods during a big meeting with the client. Like, I, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. Is this just a theory? But does that hold water with you because it, it really like I have been on the phone talking about parental leave like expanding parental leave with like yeah. a Texas oil executive who was like I wasn't even there for the delivery of my child and now I'm supposed to approve like extend oh times, right? right and that was like 2016 <laughs> so like I I think that we have moved forward I think we're in danger of regressing in a way that that kind of lends itself to this whole super bias idea. Let's just kind of make these attributions to these big groups of people so that like we can keep everything the way that we were comfortable with it before. Yeah. Cause I don't discount cause I'm taking this woman who our writer is hearing. And I don't know. I like, is it, is it a one-on-one conversation or an event or whatever? Right. But in any case, event, but I made that up. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But it could also be, I don't know, but, we should be mad. We should be mad that this is still, still a thing. And I think also we need to admit that it's still a thing, you know, like you just can't yeah. believe it and you put it aside. Cause you're like, well, this can't be true. But I mean, have you ever been told you're too emotional at work? Sure. No, no. Have you, sure. Yeah, Cause I have too. I, there, yeah. I have, yeah. Uh, terribly stressful time cutting, you know, being told to cut staff yet again and cut budget and, it just it was awful and basically was in no uncertain terms told that some people are emotional, some people are not. And then looking at me, it was just a one-on-one. Like, obviously, 
I believe you're telling me that I'm too emotional. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's called frustration. <laughs> it's like, and you guys were killing the company and the company's essentially dead. So I was right. But, you know, yeah, I don't know. I guess probably wasn't the right like way to express myself being aggravated and frustrated. But, but I'm no longer like, that company either. <laughs> we are in a we are in a crisis, like a burnout crisis. Yeah. Like take out gender, take out, like take out any like social identity group. Like you look across the board and burnout is really high. And they're actually, I mean, just these reactions, just, I think the attribution of the reactions to this is a woman thing. Like it, it just, yeah. It just kind of does my head and we're all, we just got through a freaking pandemic. Like it's like, yeah, we're, I know. we're all just trying, like we've suffered these tremendous losses. We're trying to like get, you know, find and find our footing in the world. So, I mean, I, I get it there. You know, I'm, I'm waxing philosophical about it. And then there's just the reality that there are dudes who just think that women cry too much at work. And yep, that's true too. And, you know, I think. And dollars to donuts. I bet you. That guy is thinking of white women because I bet she has a whole other stereo, super bias about black women yeah. or Hispanic women or whatever, or Asian women, whatever, you know, I bet you there's another overlay to that. These men super bias. And I'm going to say I have a super bias. They suck. Well, right. <laughs> these right. men suck. So 538 did. Yes. Some research, um, and I was talking about this a few weeks ago. But what's interesting is like just the stats that come up when you look at, you know, again, the new world of work. How, on the one hand, we don't want to say that everybody who, you know, all white women cry at work, right? Right. So it's not like we're trying to make these big wide distributions. But when there's been research done on, white men and women and black men and women. And they found that almost half of black men feel more included when remote. Just what's interesting is like, I don't know, there's different pieces. I feel like I'm all over the map, but I feel like we are going through this time where like we're exploring where we feel comfortable and what the dynamics look like. And I think that we can't make a ton of, generalizations on the one hand, except to say that like, we're all going through something right now. And we're all trying mm -hmm. to figure out where we feel the most comfortable and where we can express ourselves in a way that that doesn't feel threatening. Right. I don't know. Well, and then what is even your response when you're hearing this, like, depending on the situation, like if it's a panel, I don't, I don't know what, what else, you know, you can raise your hand and, and whatever, but to this woman, she's essentially just reporting her findings, right? That she claims right. that she's gone into the, the wild here and talked to male executives and their take is, I mean, oh my God, basically they, they can't promote most women because they cry. Yeah. And I don't know what you, I mean, how many ERG groups for women do we have to have to combat this? Because those ERG groups tend to be the top women you know, female executive of the company is the executive sponsor. And then it's all the women. And then they put on events for women's history month and they do, 
like coaching and they'll offer these things, but it doesn't seem to change the mindset of the men because they're still worried we might tear up. And by the way, also, I'm assuming that this, that's a bad thing that women tear up. Say, right, say, right, right. say all women are crying. Is, and so we're assuming that having any sort of emotion is a bad thing. Maybe you ought to learn how to deliver your critical comments in a better way, dude. Oh, I'm riled up, man. <laughs> I also kind of like, you know, as we're talking about it, like I'm curious about which men, right? Like, I don't know, you know, they're talking about all women. There were some men who said, who in senior level positions who said that, you know, women were too emotional. I just... I just wonder if maybe there's just something really generational about this, maybe. Yeah, I, I hope so. And the kids are going to be all right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I like yeah. this is something, these are some, like when I'm talking about a resistance to change, you know, it's not coming from people who aren't deeply entrenched in the workplace culture already, right? Yeah. People who resist change are the people who've, who've been around for a while. So, you know, I wonder, you know, as we look at the changing demographics generationally, are we going to see a shift? Because some of the people that I'm working with, I feel like I see different conversations happening in Gen Z, Gen Y. Who like, what are we always have to have the next generation save us because we never got it done. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's, it, you know, hey. but, you know, it, I do think this is part and parcel of the, like, why women don't get male mentors, you know, and yeah. certainly we should be supporting each other. And that's another conversation, you know, if you make it up, you got to put the ladder down and put a hand down and help more women come up. You can't shut the door behind you. All those cliches. But, I you know, these things of like women not getting male mentors because they're afraid of being seen as, or, and this mm -hmm. is part of that. Like, I'm afraid that you'll, you'll cry. And then, cause you know, there's that unspoken thing that you'll cry in my office and then people think I did something awful to you, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then to realize like during me too, that there it's way more awful than you realized in at the workplace. I, that's, that was, the thing uh, for myself personally was that, you know, working on all this stuff about women's advancement only to realize that women's safety, we hadn't gotten, we hadn't solved for that yet, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. We had to take up like a big giant leap backwards and make sure that forced arbitration and non-disclosure agreements weren't just serving to hi hide how bad it is. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, we may be emotional at work. Also, but I go back to, I don't know that that's a bad thing. I mean, you know, be professional, but sometimes things really suck. And why can't we call it out that it sucks? And, you know, if I have to tear up, I'm not a big crier, but I have cried at work twice and both out of deep frustration. It wasn't the time that the guy was making me lay off people during performance reviews. That was super fun. But another, mm -hmm. another time where it just was so terrible the work that we were being asked to do and the lack of leadership, like it was just awful and trying to keep everything in the air because we're freaking women and we get the job done that it finally got to be too much. And yeah, 
I did. And I was pretty mad about it because it was like my fourth job. Like I couldn't believe I had gotten this far in and now I was going to cry. <laughs> yeah. Which mind you, just a little bit of tear, you know, like wipe away and stuff. Wasn't even like a big like uh, collapse or anything. And so what? Right. So what? I was right. That situation sucked. But all of which to say, I think there's room for authenticity in ourselves. And sometimes we're, we're terribly frustrated. But then, I don't know. What do you buy the, is it causality? I, I don't know. That this, this expert of whatever is saying, this is why this is a factor in women not being promoted. Do I buy that the crying? That the, is it, uh, yeah. That's a factor to no, call out. That? But I think that like any behavior that doesn't feel comfortable, relatable, familiar to the kind of dominating, like the folks with the most power in the situation. Yeah. You know, is going to result in, in prejudice towards other people, not, you know, it's going to be this fundamental attribution and like that, you know, that everybody acts that way. But I think like, well, I'm thinking specifically of this woman who I've been working with, Tasha, who's either a Gen Z or, or Gen, Gen whatever. And Showing my bias as I, I roll my eyes and go, uh-huh, whatever. <laughs> no, but I mean, but we, we yeah. were talking about this and it's like, it's, the, there's so many incorrect attributions. Like the workplace has been kind of a mess for a long time in terms mm. of like how we see one another and like what we're willing to accept and not accept and you know what we're going to kind of keep at arm's length just so that we don't have to feel too uncomfortable about it right and i think do i think that women do not get promotions because a behavior which some men may attribute to the whole gender you know makes them uncomfortable like yeah i don't know i mean i think that it i think yeah it's definitely it's a challenge and we need to be thinking about how to make how to kind of ride the wave of change that started whether we liked it or not yeah and i don't know how to you know i'm trying to do that and to be honest some of the places where it's least likely to stick but I think that we do need to just keep having the discussion about what it means yeah. to bring ourselves authentically to work and what it means to make assumptions about other people at work. And that, like, yeah. And acknowledge that this may be actually real, or this woman thinks it's real, and a bunch of guys that she talked to think it's real, that it's so awful. This is grotesque. I mean, police you've never seen a boy cry you know it's only girls yeah. cry all this but this woman's basically gone out into the land and brought back this message to us and i believe we ignore it at our own peril you know like even despite the fact that we're like this message is stupid we have to acknowledge it because this is the stuff they were talking about in the 80s and we're still talking about it it's dumb but some whatever and whatever field this woman is in, it's still there. That mm -hmm. I, I take this woman at her word of what she's telling us, and we should be angry 
and whatnot, but we should be aware that this kind of stuff, you know, they used to, when I first got to Working Mother, we were doing a lot of articles about how to get in the room, which is still a thing where, you know, promotions are, are discussed and, or stretch assignments or like how to get yourself in the room. And basically this woman got herself somehow in the room and, you know, I, I, would like to picture them a bunch of old guys at the club talking over cigars or something, but you just know it's a bunch of Gen Z guys still talking right. this way. No, that's you know? true. No, it's totally possible. I mean, I think there is whether or not they're entrenched in old ideas of the workplace or or not. There's definitely this idea of dispositional bias, right? That came up in that article where it's like if my tendency is not to be emotional in the workplace, whether or not I'm Gen oh. Z, Gen Y, or Gen right. F, like I'm uncomfortable with you having a different disposition than me, basically. Right. And really, quite the opposite for me. Like, if you're not kind of passionate and talking it out, I have a problem with you. I have to get over it, but I've gotten along enough to to acknowledge that not everyone has is at my decibel, my vibe level, and so it's like. And that makes for great conversations and great input, you know, like all the good stuff about diversity of thought and the like. But I, I've gotten to the point where I'm like, oh, I'm operating up here and you're a little lower and calmer and whatnot. And that's OK. You know, like, let me dial down a little bit while, while we're talking and and the like. But it is good to know about this stuff. And that, yeah. yeah, I could see is, you know, who still has the power at work. It's still men. They still hold the purse strings. And so if they don't want any crying at work, yep. they're going to say it like that. Totally. Oh, it's just Very the worst, true. though. I'm oh, allowed no. to say it's I the wish worst. We could, I wish we could, you know. Yeah. What's our wrap up for this? Yeah, I know. I okay, I'm out. I'll leave that to you, Raquel. Thanks. <laughs> I think it's a couple things. I think we should say, to your point, right, no matter why this is happening, no matter what the motivation is or the social psychological explanation is, Mm -hmm. resistance to change, what have you. Or how wrong it is. Wrong. No, no, no. But I think let's just acknowledge the wrong first, right? It is Mm. 100% wrong. And... What I was afraid we, you weren't going to say it was wrong. No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but let's just, you know, I mean, let's name it. I think that it is one example of a a super bias that we see, right? Like where we, you know, we see one individual's behavior once and then assume that they're always emotional. Oh, they're representing, right. And then because they're a woman, all women are whatever, right? So we're making yeah. whoever's making whatever guy this is, whatever generation he's from, whatever you know background he's from, he's making some huge leaps, right? Mm-hmm. And that's a systemic problem. <laughs> like, right, yeah. like we we all kind of collectively have to look, take a step back, and say, hey, this is not about you know whether one individual reacts a certain way like we have to be more conscious of how we're bringing ourselves to work how we're perceiving others right Mm -hmm. and that we're at a time when like the world's turned upside down and back over like eight times yeah everything is in flux 
everyone is feeling a certain degree of emotional stress. And a lot of people would really prefer that things went back to the way that feels more comfortable to them. Yeah. So this increased visibility, transparency into like who we are and what we're feeling, which I think did come out of the pandemic. You know, some people are going to want that to go away. And the first way to do it is to be like, oh, all people who fit this category are going to make me uncomfortable because I don't behave that way. So let me keep them out of the room. Yeah. You know? What we learned is, is that everybody, you know, everybody's behaving a different way. So I don't know, man. We just got to get ourselves promoted and then just don't hire the guys that don't cry. There you go. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much for joining us on The Breadwinners. Do you have a sticky work-life question for us? Send it our way at thebreadwinnerspod at gmail.com. We're here to help. And please take a moment to rate and review our show. It really helps. And of course, join us on Facebook or Instagram at The Breadwinners Podcast. And until next time, keep hustling. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.